Hi, and welcome to The Pollsters. I'm Margie O'Meara, Democratic pollster with GBAO. And I'm Kristen Soltis-Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls, driving the latest news in politics, tech, and pop culture. We have so many announcements. We do. Uh, you so go first. Your announcement is major. So you go first. So the news just dropped this week. I have officially signed on as a contributor with the Fox News Network. Um, I will be coming aboard to give commentary on polls, on data, on demographics, on millennials, on all of the stuff that you have been used to hearing me chit chat about on this show and on other platforms. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, I love like Chris Steyerwalt and their whole crew. I think I talked last week on the show about the LA Times article on the nerd aquarium and how, um, you know, the president is not a huge fan so from time to time of, of the results of polls conducted by Fox News and makes that. I think he's uh, found some new enemies since that. He, yeah, you that know, from time to time he tweets about things. So um, anyhow, just I, I am Starwall. I love Dana Perino. I love I mean, there's just so many people at this network that I love a lot and who I have enjoyed going on their shows over the years. And so this is going to be this will be fun. Um, so unfortunately, if you are a CNN or an MSNBC watcher, this now means I will not be on your TV um, because I will be exclusive to Fox. No more Morning Joe. No more The Lead with Jake Tapper. Those shows are are gone for me for the duration of my Fox contract. So I will miss you all. Um, but tune into Fox, uh, you know, <laughs> even if it's not normally the news network of choice. Um, I'll, I'll try, you know, if I know I'm coming up on a show that I think pollsters listeners in particular would be interested in, regardless of their partisan persuasion, I will try to flag. Yeah. And welcome from Fox viewers who are like, Hey, let me, I need more Kristen in more ways. Welcome, <laughs> welcome <laughs> for, the for the Kristen of all media. So you are now on serious on podcasts on you know, all, all of Fox things. So welcome. And we try to listen in our household. We try to listen to and watch Fox most evenings, or at least the evenings we're watching the news, we flip around to just get a sense of what everybody is saying, which you should do too. Everybody um, is good practice. Even if it's not always what you necessarily want to watch, it's good practice to do it. Um, okay. Well, so that's a, your big announcement. Congrats, Kristen. That's exciting. It's exciting to like, have your polling voice on Fox and there are not a lot of women who talk about polls on air. So way to go. <laughs> that is like really fantastic. And we also have some other like job announcements. Both of us have job announcements. Yeah. So uh, I know you at, at GBAO, you are hiring for a research assistant yes. at so tell our listeners a little bit about what you're looking to hire. So it's like a, entry level position and it's you know something that we're you know want you know, ideally folks who have had some experience with data and politics and conversant in a variety of different kinds of you know computer platforms like able to really um you know to be whether it's excel or whether it's r spss or you know whether they've you know worked with voter files um any of those kinds of skills may be useful but even if that's not necessarily uh your background but you're interested in political polling Come work with us. It's fantastic. We have really great benefits and a really lovely team. Our team is so fantastic. I talk about it. People who know me, 
in real life have heard me talk about how great my team is. And so come join us because we're all super fun and it's like a really supportive, wonderful place. So um, so we are hiring and you should go to gbaostrategies.com and look at the jobs there and follow the instructions on how to apply for the job. Don't send me your resume by tweet. Follow the instructions on the on the thing. There's a process and, you know, and then uh, or I am sometimes people, you know, try to like find all kinds of other ways. If you know me in real life, please hit me up. Otherwise, go to I think it's jobs at GBA strategies.com and uh, look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. And, and Echelon, we are hiring as well. We are looking for, there are three different types of roles we're looking to fill. The most senior of which is a research director. So the kind of person that has a couple years in the polling and research and data world who can kind of lead projects on their own. Someone who, let's say I'm working with a client, I've brought, just brought someone in, um, but I need someone who like I can say, hey, here's the stuff we need to put in this questionnaire and you can like write me a first draft and it's gonna come back looking awesome. Um, like that level of, you know what you're doing, um, you've, you've done this before uh, type person. Then we're looking for a research assistant to assist that person, someone who may be learning the world of like, how do you write a questionnaire? How do you write a focus group moderator's guide? When you're looking at cross tabs, what are you looking for? Um, someone who may have experience with that in coursework, but maybe this is one of their first jobs out of college. Uh, and then the third thing we're hiring for is an executive assistant. So if you're someone who's not 100% sure that polling is what you want to do, but you want to get experience in scheduling, marketing, event planning, like all, we, you will get exposed to a lot of different things. Um, so we just need someone who can help like know where Patrick Ruffini, my business partner and I are at all times and like help us just keep things organized at the company. And that will give you exposure to the analytics side of what we do, the polling side of what we do, as well as you'll get to meet all of our fun clients and friends and things. So those are the three roles we are looking to hire for as well. Much like what Margie said, don't just tweet your resume uh, at me because <laughs> I, I fear that I will probably not see it. Um, there are the official channels, but if you go to echeloninsights.com, there's more information there. Fantastic. Okay. we. I feel like this is a very target-rich announcement <laughs> platform. <Yes>. So, <laughs> so we look forward. So every, lots of people out there will be interested in working for one of us. We will find out <laughs> now how, how good our targeting is. Okay. So what are the top lines? There's obviously a lot of other stuff in the news besides Kristen's announcement and hiring. Well, we have a bunch of new polling to discuss this week about whether some of the shifts that we saw last week, are they real or not? It looks like the Elizabeth Warren surge might be a real thing, as well as some of the real shifts around impeachment. We'll take a look at the different party divides and the way that people are responding to questions around inquiries into impeachment versus impeach and remove from office under the hood, which direction are people of different partisan persuasions moving? And then we'll wrap up the show by talking about what snacks people prefer when they are watching movies. Kale, obviously. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I saw you post that article. So I full disclosure, my husband is on the engineering team at Sweetgreen. And I saw, Margie, you share an article on Twitter about the decline of kale. <laughs> um, and I cannot confirm with Chris if there is an actual decline in kale in 
at Sweet Green's I'm, numbers. I'm like, the, like, I'm like the Lorax for kale. <laughs> 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 That's me. <laughs> I am, I, even though I am Republican, I am like a moderately pro-kale Republican. And um, like, I love the Sweet Green Kale Caesar and I loved it years before my husband started working yeah. there. So this is not a promoted ad whatever. I've put my disclosures on the table, but the kale Caesar is delicious. Save the kale, you guys. Yes, exactly. I know. People like, I don't know. It's like this thing. Just, it's like cool to say that you hate kale and kale is terrible, but it is not. <laughs> Those um, tastes are bad. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> well, let's start off. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Dem primary to get started. And I wanted to give a thank you to the great folks at the Great Society Broadway Play. So we at the Pollsters get a lot of PR pitches from people that want us to talk about whatever on their show. My favorite remains the guy who represents Danny Wood from New Kids on the Block, who pitched me one time about wanting to interview this New Kids on the Block guy. And I was like, I would love to. I write a political column for a conservative paper, but sure, <laughs> sign me up. And he was like, uh, no, actually, just kidding. But, what so about we, when we had like Snooki and Jay when I was like aerobics class? Yep. Us. That, so was, that we, was one of my We get weird pitches all the time, but this one actually stuck out to me because it was about a poll. However, a methodologically not so useful poll. So on Broadway right now, a play just opened uh, earlier this week, starring Brian Cox, who plays uh, Logan Roy, the main character in Succession, like the greatest show on television right now. Um, and they have been collecting ballots. They've been basically doing a straw poll of people who have been going to see this play, I guess in like previews or something like that. Um and they find that of the 4,000 people that have gone to see this play on Broadway about LBJ, um, 38% say they prefer Elizabeth Warren, 17% say Joe Biden, 16% say Pete Buttigieg, 3% say Donald Trump, 2% say Bill Weld, and 0.5% say Joe Walsh. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> For the Joe Walsh people who are watching this play. <laughs> I want to know why is Bernie Sanders not appear to be an option? I don't know. That seems, hmm. I mean, or or he is because these numbers don't all add to a hundred, but like, why was, why was he not reported with Sanders? Are they just giving us the top three on either side? Yes, that must be it. That must be it. But I guess I would have expected maybe because it's people going to see plays in New York. That's why like, Mayor Pete is edging out Bernie for like one of those top three spots, but I don't know. To me, this this was uh, this was interesting. You know, the Elizabeth Warren third was real. I think he's right. He's you know obviously right, and I think I've seen this play. So um, this play, I think, was at the Arena Stage. I, don't, I could it could be. I'm not totally sure. Anyway, I think I might have seen this last year, um, and it did not have Logan. Brian Cox, I don't think, was in it. So anyway, but maybe I'm wrong about all these things. I'm, I could be wrong about both those things. So, um, but I did not have to vote when I that much I know. Well, if so, I just want to give them some applause for pitching us correctly, even though this is not a statistically valid sample of much of anything. It's it is still a poll. So 
I w- and I love Succession, so I will gratefully take their their PR pitch. But what we're also seeing is it's not just Elizabeth Warren out in front in this poll of theater goers. She is also her surge seems to be real in the Democratic primary, in the Real Clear Politics averages as of uh, when we are putting the script together. Uh, late, uh, I, we're taping this show on. Was today Wednesday? Yes. You had uh, Biden still in the lead at twenty seven point two percent on average, but with Warren close behind now at twenty three percent nationally. Bernie Sanders' numbers have stayed pretty stable, and the decline of Kamala Harris, the slow decline of Kamala Harris, continues. Um, this polling average does not include the Monmouth poll that dropped like two right. hours before we taped. That actually has Elizabeth Warren in first place at twenty eight percent, with Joe Biden only at. 25 and Bernie Sanders trailing fairly significantly behind both of them at 15. So, I mean, the, the Elizabeth Warren surge is real. This is, she is having a moment, it seems in terms of the national democratic primary. Yeah. I mean, look, this is something that's been happening for a few weeks. We've talked about it for a few weeks. Um, we will see if things change, you know, over the next couple of weeks when there's another debate or as, you know, uh, any other campaign events change. We'll see. I mean, for folks who are kind of keeping track of what's in the news and what people are following, how does the primary compare to what's happening now in the White House, which is obviously like massively dominating everything? Um, is that make it does that freeze the race or does the race just continue to move in some way? Um, I don't know, you know, those things still remain to be seen. Um, we had the first qualifying poll out of South Carolina from Winthrop um, and it shows what other South Carolina polls have shown, which is Biden having a real edge over Warren there in South Carolina and uh, particularly among African-American voters where uh, Biden has 46 to Warren having nine among white voters in South Carolina. She leads, she's at 29 and Biden is at 22 and real differences in like how sure people feel um, in South Carolina, you know, a majority say they might change their mind and white voters are particularly likely to say that it's about two thirds say they might change their mind. This is again, it's just South Carolina. African-American voters are basically evenly divided between very sure that about their choice or might change their mind. So African-American voters are, are more likely to, to stick with who they are with now. And while we don't have the crosstab, African-American voters are more likely to vote for Joe Biden. So we'll see how that unfolds you know, as, as the race continues to move and, and there's more focus on some of the other early states after Iowa. Checking in briefly then on how things are going with President Trump outside of the context of impeachment, which is what we'll get to after the break. Um, but President's overall job approval appears to be, he's still at, on average, 43.6% approval. This does represent a small dip of about a point on average from over where we were maybe like a point and a half of where we were about a week ago. Um, You did have the Monmouth poll show, like within that one poll, they did not show a change in terms of job approval, even at the same time as they were showing some pretty big shifts from August to now on impeachment. Um, Mm -hmm. But the overall storyline looks like, whether it's in terms of uh, approval, seems like it's ticking down a little bit. These impeachment numbers are moving a bit more than that. Um, And after the break, we will come back and discuss... What is going on with this impeachment polling now that we are a week or so in? Uh, So stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break here on The Pollsters. Are you good with people? 
Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well, then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees. And it's all online so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google slash certificates. Okay, we're back. So Margie, what's going on with impeachment polling? <laughs> I feel like I'm like I'm huffing impeachment paint on Twitter all day. Like it's just really like that's not healthy. Don't do no, that. It's not healthy. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say all day. I was on a plane today, so that made it a little bit different. But um, and I I try to I'm you know I'm trying to not spend too much time on Twitter, which is you know not as is not a healthy place to hang out. Um. But there is a lot that's fast moving. There's a, there a huge number of polls that have come out since we recorded last week. And we recorded last week, I guess. I can't remember if it was Wednesday or Thursday. But right after we recorded, a couple of polls came out Thursday and Friday showing a quick jump um, among Democrats in particular on impeachment just from like a couple of weeks or a couple of months before. Because this is not the first time, you know, even though we're now in this impeachment mode. It's not the first time that polling outlets have been asking impeachment. They've been asking it now for a while, just not necessarily as regularly. And 538 now has a tracker um, where, and they have a tracker by party. And, you know, the challenge with this and the tracker, I think confirms what all these different polls show, which impeachment views have been kind of stable with more saying they don't support than saying they do support it, but not like a massive gap between them. It's not like, 20% 20% or 30% don't, you know, don't impeach. I mean, you had the, the, like, you know, maybe a gap of about 10 points between the two for all, since 2018. That's how back their, far back their tracking goes. But this real flip in the last week or so, where now more say they support it, 46.7% say they support it, 45.1% say they don't support it. But the trick with this is what do you do with all the different kinds of question wording? Yes. And this is where I, I am, on the one hand, very glad that someone is doing this um, because, you know, there are so many data points coming out. And if you're looking like poll over poll, so like, let's go back to Monmouth, for instance, which what we can talk about in a moment, you know, Monmouth has shown from August to now an increase in support for an impeachment inquiry, impeachment and removal from office, those sorts of things. But from March to now, their numbers are actually about the same, like Republican, Independent, and Democrat in their poll, like that overall trend line within Monmouth, if you're just looking August to now, looks bad for Trump. If you're looking March to now, looks stable. So, you know, having the ability to look really long term at all of these trend lines is great, but, and this is the big but, like on, so for instance, you've got that CBS poll, which I, I assume we're going to talk about in, it, at some point down here uh, in a moment, which came out this weekend. And this was the one that had the really jaw dropping number that said, do you approve or disapprove of the inquiry into impeachment? So it's the, it's the inquiry question, which is like the easiest point of entry. You can, you know, who doesn't want more information, right? So the inquiry question is sort of the softest Ask. Lots of people, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, people who are trying to, you know, who say that they don't want to comply with subpoenas and so on. But okay. I continue. mean, from a, from a polling perspective, the yes. easiest, Among softest the ask is the inquiry question. 
And so on that one, you had 23% of Republicans in the CVS poll that came out on Sunday say they approved of the inquiry into impeachment. And I thought that seemed somewhat higher than I would have expected, considering almost any other question you could ask about Donald Trump. You get 90% of Republicans taking the Trump position and you get 10% taking the I don't like Trump position. And that 90-10 split has been pretty consistent. And so to see up to a quarter suddenly saying, sure, I supported inquiry into impeachment was like, oh, it is the softer version of the question. But wow, that does seem like some movement. On the other hand, on other questions that I've seen that we'll talk about here uh, in a moment around like removal from office you don't see that kind of movement necessarily. Or if anything, you see some consolidation in some polls among Democrats who maybe they previously thought impeachment and removal, even if I might like it, it might be politically damaging. Nancy Pelosi says we shouldn't go that way, whatever. And now that that has changed, people are rallying to their fellow partisan corners. So I, on the one hand, I'm very glad 538 is doing this. On the other hand, these questions are so different that like, that that increase in Republicans saying they approve of the inquiry and an increase in Democrats saying they imp- approve of impeachment and removal, those are two very interesting but very different data points that I don't know how much sense it makes to like swoosh them all into the same chart. I mean, so what here's how 538 says that they're putting this together, where if two if an outlet asks multiple questions, they'll average them. And so then it's just one one poll, one question as opposed to multiple questions. So you're not like double or triple counting an outlet. And so that would potentially even out some of these effects if you have Republicans surging and in an inquiry, which I'm, I'm not totally sure if that's true, like Republicans are surging, surging in inquiry and Democrats are surging only in the impeachment. Democrats are probably surging in all of it. They have a party breakout where they show everybody surging some and then Democrats surging more independents also surging and Republicans surging. Maybe not, maybe it's not quite a surge, but a slight uptick among Republicans, again, according to the same 538 tracker. And so what I don't know is, you know, is there some, you know, is something happening, right? Obviously something's happening. Is something happening that's changing people's point of view? You also have outlets that have been asking, we talked about this last week, asking the questions differently than they did in some of their earlier versions or asking more types of questions because now there's more stuff to deliberate. And is there some function of the kinds of numbers and kinds of questions that are happening right now that's affecting this trend? I mean, that's a hypothesis. I I don't actually think that that's the answer. I think there's, you know, I think there's something happening because you have, you know, a lot of the polls that have tracking within their own outlet showing a jump, even if it's not necessarily like in Monmouth, a jump from the last poll, they are, you know, they are, are there jumps from one poll or not all the polls, you still see a clear jump. And, you know, and the numbers don't look good. I mean, we could say, you know, well, these numbers might be slightly different if we use them, looked at a model that handled the different questions in a slightly different way. Still, you're looking at, you know, between 40 and 50 some odd percent saying, the president, they support an inquiry or the president deserves to be impeached or the president probably, you know, did something that was inappropriate or, you know, he did impeachable offenses. I mean, there are a variety of different questions here. And I don't think any of them spell good news here. Um, if you look at like CNN, which has this time series that goes back to Bill Clinton and, you know, the 47% now that say impeach and remove 
is tied with a September number from last year, but is still higher than any number that they've had for Clinton, Bush, or Obama. So, I mean, and I, th- I don't even know if the other ones had impeach and remove. They might have just had just, you know, impeach without removal. Mm-hmm. And the numbers now are higher. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, it is also important to note that Republicans did pay a political price for impeaching Clinton. It was also about a totally different set of issues, and it was a very different time. Um, but it, the, look, there, there has been, I mean, it, there's a real increase in people's openness to, at a minimum, having an inquiry. And some of that is movement of Republicans who are not necessarily saying they want Trump gone, but are saying like, okay, well, I want to see where the facts lead me. Um, And Democrats who may have previously thought, look, Pelosi doesn't want impeachment. So I don't, I guess I don't want impeachment now that there seems to be more unity from democratic leadership on this question, consolidation from Democrats, as well as independents going to independent. I mean, you do tend to see some shifts among independents as well. Like that is, in this 538 tracker, you see all three of those trend lines increasing in the we support impeachment direction. Um, but I, I I think that Republicans still do feel like, I think internally, and this is a debate within the Republican side, there are some who think, great, this is good. Um, I think Trump raised something like $13 million in the 48 hours after this all was announced. So there is some like within the Republican circle belief that ultimately this is going to accrue to the president's benefit. I do not think the polling of the last couple of days supports that view, but we are also still very early into this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is this is fast moving in real life and in public opinion. Um, and what's interesting, you know, as we wrapped and last or after we wrapped last week, um, you know, there was this, you know, notion that it was moving from Dems that Dems were quickly consolidating. They saw that there was an action being taken, and they were all going to quickly move. But then there have been some polls that have shown the movement that come, has come from non Dems. That's the CNN poll shows movement from non Dems. Um, the Quinnipiac poll shows movement from Dems. Um, it, it, I mean, I find that, you know, Huffington Post shows that the change in their poll comes from Dems. So it's not all consistent in terms of where the movement comes from within, if you look at within each outlet's own polling, which I think is interesting. And I guess it goes to show that we were, you know, people sort of were quick to Twitter where I'm not hanging out watching impeachment Twitter, or we're quick to say, you know, ah, oh, this is all about Dems. It, I don't think that's so, I don't think that's so simple. Like saying the movement is all coming from X group is not so simple, you know, never mind that it's also moving. The fact is it's not very clear that the answer is X or Y because the polls are saying different things from there. It seems clear that the numbers, you know, are, don't look good. Um, they, it seems clear to me that there's some, there's been some movement. It's hard to have a complete one for one because there's, there are so many different kinds of questions, even within a certain outlet, the questions have changed. Yeah, because it was, I mean, CNN, their shift, it, they sort of report that the shift is coming more from independents sort of ticking up by 11 points and Republicans ticking up um, by eight points. And their question wording is, should the president be impeached or don't you feel that way? Uh, impeached and removed from office or don't you feel that way? Um, so they're finding movement on that question is actually more among Republicans and independents than among Democrats. Um, but then Quinnipiac has their question where they're showing it's jumping among the Democrats. It's actually not jumping among Republicans. Huffington Post 
pollster, their survey finds that actually the movement is among Democrats. And they say Republican support has, if anything, ticked down from 16% to 11% at present. So we've got a lot of different storylines, each being told by individual polling outlets. And they're all asking the question different ways. But even it's not even the case that like, well, all of the questions around inquiry go one direction or all of the questions around removal go another direction. There's like just a lot happening out there. And I think people are also looking for answers out of very small pieces of movement. So like Republican support in the HuffPost pollster poll um, going from 16% to 11% saying that Trump should be impeached and removed from office. Um, you know, 5% is not nothing, but also within any poll, what's your margin of error on that subsample? And just, it's, there's just, there's such a hunger for like, let's draw a big compelling narrative out of stuff. And if, if you had a bunch of polls all pointing in the same direction with a four to five point shift among Republicans, then like you run with that narrative, go for it. But there's enough conflicting information that I think it is still too unsettled to feel like super confident in all caps, like what it all means. Right. And then, you know, and then the other kinds of questions you'll see are trying to make sense of motivations, whether it's, you know, what's Congress motivation? What about what the president says about Joe Biden and his family about that motivation? Um, And those show different. I mean, that those types of questions. I don't want to say it's a wild, wild west, but there, you know, there isn't a standard. There are all kinds of different questions trying to get at these, at these, you know, lines of inquiry in all kinds of different ways. So mom that says, do you think members of Congress who support impeaching President Trump are doing so more on the basis of the facts or more on the basis of partisan politics? Their majority say partisan politics. I think if you ever, like whatever the question is, do you think Congress, members of Congress who want to do X, are they doing it because of partisan politics or, you know, because they want to do it? They'll, people will answer partisan politics. CNN, I think, I don't think this is in the script, had something similar and they had, but they tracked it and it looked like people felt, you know, there was less sort of political motivations than maybe in the Clinton impeachment time. Um, but let me see if I can find that. So, you know, people are trying to get at that. And then there's some questions about Biden. There was this question that went around the Monmouth poll this morning that folks were, you know, spending time discussing, you know, President Trump claims that Joe Biden put pressure on Ukrainian officials to get them to not investigate his son's business dealings. Do you think Biden probably did or probably did not do this? Um, you know, there was some, you know, a plurality say probably did, um, you know, you're asking people to just sort of like, here's something the president said, you know, do you think, do you agree with it? Essentially, do you think it's true or not? Um, and that's, you know, that's something that's a little bit different. There was another question, like, do you think Trump, you know, asked the uh, Ukrainian president to investigate Joe Biden and like 40% of Republicans said no, or only 40% of Republicans said, yes, that's what happened, even though that's in the in the official account. Um, so, you know, so these are, these are questions that I think I know what they're all trying to do. They're just a little bit unsatisfying without getting a full deeper dive on a whole bunch of different topics. And so these are just getting kind of like top level assessments of what people think this is about and how they're processing the, the conversation. And I don't think they, they quite fully 
get through all the nuance yet. And it's not because there's, you know, it's just not to criticize the outlets. It's just hard, you know, we're just not, it, it's hard to do it in, in a couple questions. Yeah, the I think there are there are three questions that are asked by in the Huffington Post pollster poll that I, I think give a very interesting, if you have to just pick like two questions that are a snapshot of, of where this is at. The first question is, do you think it's appropriate or inappropriate for Donald Trump to ask the Ukrainian president to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden's son? And then the other question is, do you think Donald Trump's phone call with the Ukrainian president does or does not justify impeaching Donald Trump? So Democrats, vast majority say that it's inappropriate and vast majority say, yes, it justifies impeaching Trump. Republicans, only 53% say that the call was appropriate. You have another like roughly, you know, almost 50% who say either it was inappropriate or, oh, I don't really know. Right. No comment, no comment. Um, but but by and large, 79% of Republicans say inappropriate or not, it doesn't justify impeaching him. Only 11% say, yes, this justifies impeaching Trump. However, among independents, so you have one third of independents that just sort of say not sure on both questions. So like they're waiting, whatever, set them aside. When On the question of appropriateness, by a two to one margin, independents do not think that the call was appropriate. Um, and of course, the White House has put this transcript out. So we can't debate. I mean, I know there's debate. Over, transcript, it's like, a, you know, but yes. But but yeah, that the, there is there is no questioning that he did ask the Ukrainian president right. to investigate Joe Biden's son. There's debate over was it a quid pro quo? Was there a threat of withholding aid? Right. There's all that debate. But but what's asked in this question is not sort of uh, up for total debate. And by a two to one margin, independents say that it's no good. Uh, that is not appropriate. However, on the question of does it justify impeaching Trump, only 29% say it does, 38% say it doesn't, and the rest are unsure. So while independents think it is not good for the president to be out there calling out by name his political rivals and asking foreign leaders to investigate them, whether that is an impeachable offense is something that Democrats will have to persuade the political center is the case. They already believe it's bad, but is it impeachment worthy is still the case that is that needs to be made. Right. And it's justify like it justifies impeachment. Is that like a legal are people thinking of like a legal standard or are they thinking like in their own view what they think, right? I mean that's you know Yeah. And, <laughs> and CBS asked a version of this question too. In in CBS's polling on this, they said, do you believe President Trump's actions on Ukraine were they proper? Were they not proper, but still legal, or were they illegal? 41% say illegal, but that number doesn't surprise me because that also is like the proportion of people that have strongly disapproved of Trump since since day one. So like you can always count on at least 40% of Americans to think whatever Trump has done is wrong, but only 28% think um, it was proper. So a wide consensus that the call was not good and not something presidents should be doing. However, if you add together proper plus not proper, but still legal, you are getting about six in 10 Americans. So the question is, if, if even if what he did was wrong, does somebody have to have broken the law in order to be impeached? Like that's, that's where this debate is going to really, I think, center because independents at the moment, they think the call was wrong. They are with they, people who don't like the president. Independents are with you on whether the call was wrong or not. 
But whether it was illegal, that is still the thing that the polling to me seems to say is unresolved. Right. So, I mean, there, there I guess we, have, we don't see a lot of people, even Republicans, saying it was a perfect call. That seems to be clear from these results. Um, you know, turning back to this, I, I, I found the CNN tracking um, about the political motivations of Congress. Um, so that's different from the political, from whatever motivations of Trump. Um, so in their more recent poll, they asked why, in your view, why do most Democrats support impeachment of Trump? Is it because they're out to get Trump at all costs? About 40% say that. Or because they believe Trump committed impeachable offenses? About half say that. Now, if you go back to 1998, that number, those numbers were flipped and 47% felt that Republicans were out to get Clinton at all costs and 42%, I mean, they weren't quite flipped, but they were a plurality, you know, felt the other way, um, that they believed Clinton committed uh, impeachable offenses. And then they asked the same thing about Republicans who oppose impeachment. And now those numbers are evenly divided, right? Because they're out to protect Trump at all costs or because they believe Trump did not commit impeachable offenses. That's among Republicans. And that's that's asking about Republicans, but of voters overall, it's evenly divided. Going back to 98, why do Democrats oppose impeachment of Clinton? Half said because they're out to protect Bill Clinton at all costs. And about a third because they believe Clinton did not commit impeachable offenses. So in 1998, you had, you know, about half say they were either out to get Clinton or protect Clinton at all costs. That's that was, you know, that was a little bit clear that people thought that this was a more political debate. Now you have slightly more say that Democrats are doing this because they, they think there are real offenses here um, with, you know, more evenly divided. You have more, you know, thinking that Republicans are standing up for Trump because they didn't think that he, you know, committed impeachable offenses. So that I think is interesting that to some, in some way it seems slightly less political than it did in 1998. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about not a world divided along political red state, blue state lines, but which state says that Kraft cheese slices are their favorite movie candy? <laughs> Wisconsin, we need to talk. We'll be, we'll be right back after the break. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Okay, so we're back. And like all good jokes, <laughs> like all good jokes, we got this joke from Ariel Edwards Levy, who found it from Lights Camera Pod, which I'm assuming is some podcast. And it was one of these, like, you know, these maps of where's your favorite, whatever. And I don't know. I mean, 
whoever makes all these maps, like a map of what each state's favorite X is, candy, you know, Christmas cookie, whatever. There's always like, you know, every state's got its own favorite, which I just don't think is true in real life, but never mind. They have, it's a favorite movie candy. And it says underneath, based on social media, Walmart and Target brackets, unofficial, <laughs> which Ariel Edwards-Levy said, this is my new methodology statement for everything. This is based on social media, Walmart and Target unofficial. So like, it's probably not like, what people bought in the theater in each of these states, right? That's what I'm assuming this means. But yet, it's called. I mean, unless Wisconsin movie theaters are very different than anything I have ever experienced, <laughs> this has to be. But you know, not only that, like none of lots of these other things are not available in movie theaters, like candy corn, for example. I've never seen in a movie theater. I mean, I don't go to the movies a lot anymore because I have young children. But at last I checked, and I did go to the movies this past weekend, and I did not see half of these things: candy dots or, uh, you know, dum dums. I don't know what bunch of crunch is. Candy dots are great in, uh, if you're you know, three I, I, and Halloween. In I, if like you're three 70s. and have a taste for paper. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the 1970s and like the world is not fully like, you know, blessed you with all the different options yet. Then you're like, candy dots, great. You know, but if you're going to the movies right now, I think that you would be disappointed to like share well, a like, strip of candy dots with somebody. Wax bottles <laughs> as the main candy <laughs> of both Alaska and Hawaii, if true, has me questioning our decision to allow them into the union. But I, in in their defense, those are two of my favorite states. So I cannot possibly believe that that is an accurate depiction. Yeah. I don't, if you are a listener in Hawaii or Alaska and you love going to the movie and popping open some wax bottles full of sugary liquid, you hit us up on social media. And prove that you exist. Because I think that is some fake freaking news. Yeah, this is some fake news. I mean, pixie sticks. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen those in the movie theater. It's in a couple states here. And then what's the difference between dots and candy dots? Okay, so Are dots, dots like those jelly uh, ones? Those like kind of like before yes. there were Sour Patch Kids and gummies, there were dots, right? Isn't that what those are? Correct. And they are they are slightly harder to chew and they are have less flavor than a Sour Patch Kid. I feel like Dots is always the way I would kind of like I, in in the trading Halloween candy with your siblings uh, exercise I would engage in every year as a child with my two sisters. I feel like Dots is always something I would want to acquire in a trade and then would regret having acquired. Yeah. Like it was in a big colorful box and so it was like, oh, yeah. I totally want those dots. And then I'd eat two of them and I'd be like, oh, why did I trade for these? You know, I don't really like most of these candies, I have to admit. I mean, this is my confession is that there are not that many candies that I really am excited to eat. And looking at this map reminds me of that. My like, I'm not so into candy, like plain chocolate. Sure. But all these kind of like plasticky candies are just not doing it for me. Well, and the I also enjoy like the uh, assertion that the number one movie candy in Maryland and North Carolina, it looks like, is Werther's Original. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I, one of the things I am most looking forward to about being uh, older is being able to have a purse full of Werther's Originals. 
And honestly, there's no law prohibiting me from doing it today. But uh, I just, can you even buy them at movie theaters? Like this, this is my question about so many of these things. And the craft cheese slices is the most egregious, but um, yeah, everything about this just seems like a hot mess. Yeah, seems like favorite Halloween candy from 45 years ago. That's what this looks like instead. <laughs> that I might I be able guess, to believe. Man, I don't I do not have a time machine to this year. Although, yeah, I probably, I mean, although I don't think many people, even in Wisconsin, would give out craft cheese slices on Halloween. Yeah, that this, this seems like I feel like we're being trolled by the fact that in parentheses it says unofficial. <laughs> Just maybe, just maybe. Yes, we're being trolled. <laughs> okay, well, this is officially the end. Officially, the end of the podcast for today. Um, and we learned a couple things. One, don't huff the impeachment paint. Although watching the numbers, in fact, are moving more quickly than more exciting than watching paint dry. Um, movie popcorn beats movie candy, and you know what? Most candy is trash. I've just decided to go out on a limb. Terrible, terrible opinion. So wrong, Patrick, so wrong. Um, you can find us on Twitter at, at The Pollsters, individually at, at Margie O'Mero and at Soltis Anderson, or on Facebook and at www.thepolsters.com. Make sure you like us, subscribe to us, tell your friends, leave a review, all of those things. It really helps our podcast move up in the world, find new listeners, help us build that hype. Be our hype machine, yeah. listeners. Be our hype machine. Yep. Thanks. Bye.